Welcome to the Good News Ride Home for Thursday, July 16th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. How to get your hands on a bottle of moon-scented perfume. The maximum number of hot dogs that a human being can eat in 10 minutes, according to science. An upcoming auction that will enable someone to turn their house into Jurassic Park. And why Captain America and Superman are making headlines today. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. On this day in 1969, Apollo 11 launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida to begin their journey to the moon. Now, 51 years later, you can experience the unique smell of the moon. Last month, a company launched a Kickstarter campaign for a product they call Ode to Space, which they claim replicates the unique smell of space. They say that they, quote, connected with NASA to bring the world's first perfume independently verified by actual astronauts down to Earth, end quote. In case you're not aware, the smell of space is something that astronauts actually bring up quite often, quoting Ars Technica. Peggy Whitson described the International Space Station as smelling like bitter, smoky gunpowder in 2002, and Don Pettit describes Ode to Spacewalk as a sweet, metallic tang similar to arc-welding fumes, end quote. Meanwhile, NASA astronaut Randy Bresnik reported that it smells exactly like cream of mushroom soup. Trying to bottle the smell of space has been done before, sort of. For April Fool's Day last year, Lockheed Martin said that they were selling a space-scented perfume called Vector. And before that, a chemist from the UK named Steve Pierce worked for years to replicate the smell of space. He had a background in creating unusual scents for places like museums, trying to recreate odors that we would never otherwise be able to smell, like, say, Cleopatra's hair. Pierce had heard accounts from astronauts about the unique, tough-to-describe smell of space and knew that he was the one to try to make it. He even originally corresponded with NASA about the project back in 2008, during which time they discussed maybe using the scent to aid in training programs. While Pierce successfully created the scent, NASA never bit. They stopped any ongoing correspondence with Pierce. Despite initial interest in a few rounds of viral news headlines about his synthetic scent, there was essentially no relationship between Pierce and NASA. But fast forward to a few years ago when Matthew Richmond heard about the scent that Pierce had created and went about trying to find it. Once he realized that NASA was a dead end, he reached out to Pierce himself. The two agreed to collaborate, but turning out creating scents isn't the cheapest thing in the world, so they decided to launch a Kickstarter to create a sample, do some beta testing and research, and eventually sell the product. With an initial goal of just $1,969, a nod to the year the Apollo 11 astronauts landed on the moon, the campaign has now raised close to half a million dollars. The organizers have added a bunch of stretch goals along the way, like donations to STEM programs at schools, increasing the size of the bottles, and now they announced today, on this special anniversary, that if they reach $700,000, they will be introducing an Ode to Moon to go along with their Ode to Space. The Ode to Moon scent also comes from Pierce, who developed it about 10 years ago as part of a scratch-and-sniff print for the Stedelijk Museum in Amsterdam. It's based on Apollo 16 astronaut Charlie Duke's description of moon dust, quoting Space.com. 
It's a really strong smell, radioed Duke after getting a whiff of the dust from the stains on his spacesuit once he was back inside the lunar module on the moon in 1972. It has that taste to me of gunpowder, and the smell of gunpowder too. End quote. So, gunpowder for O to moon, and bitter metallic cream of mushroom soup for O to space. Probably not the best sense to actually wear as perfume, but certainly a cool product to smell and have on hand if you're a space nerd. Links to the Kickstarter in the show notes. On America's Independence Day earlier this month, Coney Island's annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest took place as usual. Although it was a fairly unusual version of the contest due to the pandemic, it took place in a private location without an audience, and all people involved adhered to social distancing and kept masks on except while eating. The winners this year were Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo. Joey Chestnut, a 13-time winner of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, ate 75 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes, setting a new world record and eating 33 more than the next guy in the competition. By the way, that amounts to roughly one hot dog every eight seconds. Mickey Sudo, who won the women's competition, has also won this contest before. This was her seventh Nathan's Hot Dog win. She ate 48 and a half hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes, setting a new women's record. Now, if you're not familiar with the world of competitive eating, these numbers might seem completely out of this world to you. I mean, 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes? Surely that can't be possible. Well, Dr. James Maliga, a veterinarian and exercise scientist, has been crunching the numbers for the past few months and has determined that the maximum number of hot dogs a human could eat in 10 minutes is 83. In other words, just eight more than Joey Chestnut ate on the 4th of July. He's only eight more hot dogs away from maxing out. What happens then? I'm sure we'll find out one day, and I wouldn't be surprised if Chestnut's new goal is to prove the equation wrong. Dr. Smaliga came up with the number 83 by studying 39 years of data from the Nathan's contest and using mathematical models of human performance in extreme athletic feats. Quoting the New York Times, The chief factor limiting how much a person or animal can eat at once is the stomach's capacity for stretching to accommodate the volume of food. In 2007, a study examined the digestive tracts of two men, one a competitive eater, the other a regular volunteer, when they took part in a simulated hot dog eating contest in a lab. The control subject stopped after seven hot dogs, declaring that he would be sick if he ate another bite. The speed eater scarfed down 36 hot dogs, and the study found that the most striking difference between the two men was that the competitive eater's stomach had an enormous capacity for stretching, and that the food that was eaten during the test stayed in the stomach rather than being emptied into the intestines, said the study's senior author, Dr. David Metz, a professor of medicine at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, end quote. Scientists are still unclear whether this stretchy stomach feature is genetic or learned. But they tend toward the latter since people who train as competitive eaters tend to get better over time. While in the original days of competitive eating, the high achievers were usually larger folks, the champions these days tend to look like slim, elite athletes. And they train like athletes too, practicing on high volumes of healthy foods like vegetables and taking care to be in strong, lean shape before a competition. 
Dr. Smaliga thinks one explanation for the change, apart from the natural tendency for all competitive things to grow hyper-competitive and serious over the years, is that having extra belly fat can actually prevent the stomach from expanding. But the hyper-competitive aspect is no joke either. When Dr. Metz conducted the 2007 study comparing the digestive tracts of the competitive eaters and non-competitive eater, they cut the experiment off at 36 hot dogs because they were worried that the competitive eater would injure his stomach. Earlier this month, Joey Chestnut ate more than twice that many hot dogs. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest reports a 700% rise in performance among their competitors over the last 40 years. And as Dr. Smaliga notes, quote, no other sport comes close to that when records are measured in a 100-plus year span, end quote. But how do these super eaters compare to other species? Quoting the Times, Dr. Smaliga's calculations show that when adjusted for body mass, the world's most competitive hot dog eaters could out-eat a grizzly bear or a coyote as measured by the amount of food per unit of time. Bears can eat the equivalent of about eight hot dogs per minute, compared with Mr. Chestnut's ability to eat seven and a half per minute. But the bears don't continue at this pace for more than six minutes, Dr. Smaliga said. What Mr. Chestnut and Miss Sudo have over these animals, he said, is speed. Still, these outlandish human-eating competitions pale in comparison with a gray wolf's ability to eat the equivalent of about 11 hot dogs per minute. And humans do not come close to eating as much as the Burmese python, which can consume up to 75% of its body weight in a single meal. That would be like the 132-pound Misudo eating 99 pounds of hot dogs in one sitting, said James Hicks, an evolutionary biologist who has studied snake physiology at the University of California, Irvine. How many hot dogs a python can ingest in 10 minutes hasn't been scientifically tested, end quote. All that said, Annalise de Cooper, an animal nutritionist at Ghent University in Belgium, points out that we're comparing the normal eating patterns of those animals with the supremely abnormal eating patterns of some humans. If there were some way to put them in an actual competition together, it might be tougher to tell who would win. But if you want to keep up with the marvels of human eating capacity, Joey Chestnut, it turns out, has a YouTube channel where he regularly downs mind-boggling amounts of food like 32 Big Macs, 2 pounds of bologna, and most recently, to celebrate passing 100,000 subscribers, he ate 100 toasted Pop-Tarts. He's really bringing a whole new level to the mukbang genre. If Eau de Space isn't exactly your thing, how about a life-sized animatronic dinosaur? More than 50 such dinos are about to go up for auction in Canada. T-Rexes, brontosauruses, raptors, and over 100 lifelike fossils. They also include lighting, speakers, and other equipment for the Jurassic creatures. While the auction house does not say where the animatronics came from, the Vancouver Sun speculates that they hail from the Vancouver-based Experiential Media Group, which went voluntarily bankrupt in May. It seems that the dinosaurs may have been looking for a forever home for a while, as Experiential Media Group was founded in part to buy the assets of Dino King Tech Inc., Dino King Tech Inc. had been working in the animatronics biz since 2007, but in 2015, they merged with a U.S.-based company called Premier Exhibitions to lease their animatronics to museums, zoos, and tourist attractions around the world. Another motivation for that merger was the fact that Premier Exhibitions was the sole salver in possession of the Titanic wreck, and Dao Ping Bao, the founder of Dino King Tech, wanted the Titanic relics for himself. 
Now, while the items salvaged from the Titanic are on display in exhibits around the world, the animatronic dinosaurs from Dino King Tech face a more unknown fate. The auction house currently in possession of the dinosaurs, Able Auctions, is encouraging people to bid online on their website, but will allow a few interested bidders at a time during select hours to view the dinosaurs in person, provided everyone is wearing a mask. And just in case I didn't make it clear enough, these are life-size Jurassic Park-level animatronics. If you've got the cash and somewhere to put a dinosaur, this is an incredible opportunity. I mean, I'm not even kidding when I say that if I had a yard, I would be 100% bidding on a brontosaurus. Superman and Captain America both made headlines today, or rather, the actors that play them did. Chris Evans, who played Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, filmed a video for a six-year-old boy who suffered serious face wounds after saving his little sister from a charging dog. He's currently recovering from a two-hour surgery after receiving 90 stitches on his face and head. As his story hit the media, he and his family received messages from a whole slew of actors who portray superheroes like Mark Ruffalo, Brie Larson, Tom Holland, and Grant Gustin. But the little boy's favorite superhero, Captain America, sent a personalized video to him, which the little boy watched while dressed in his own Captain America costume, and during which Chris Evans promised to send him an authentic Captain America shield. It's truly heartwarming to see, but for the older crowd, Superman, aka Henry Cavill, posted a five and a half minute video to his Instagram today of him building his own PC. The avid gamer wore a tank top and edited the video to some Barry Manilow tracks, so I think he knew what reaction he would be eliciting. The internet is breaking a little over this one today. Gamers are appreciating his honesty and showing the often frustrating trial and errors of building a PC, while others are marveling at the fact that this already super talented and attractive actor is also apparently enough of a geek to know how to build his own computer. Cavill, it turns out, is a huge nerd, which I say in the best of ways and with the utmost admiration. He paints miniature models, he's played Total War Warhammer 2 six times, and was a huge fan of The Witcher before he was cast in the lead role in the Netflix adaptation. As his quarantine continues, hopefully we will get to see even more of his hobbies come to light because it seems like it is a great way to raise everyone's spirits. That's all I got for you today. As always, this show is produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird. I hope you all have a good rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.